Old school. Just, just me and you. Remember the days? <laughs> the um, days of Harvest Wedding. Episodes and... one through four. <laughs> Before we got bored of each other. We decided <laughs> to bring the spice back into our relationship by having guests. <laughs> um, although we are joined by a special guest tonight. My identical twin sister, Janelle. <laughs> Janelle, thank you for joining us. Hi, um, hi, I'm a pediatrician in the city. Um, <laughs> what's a podcast? What's a podcast? Um, and we're joined by my identical twin sister, Absinthe. Absinthe, hi, I like your outfit. Thanks, I got it at Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're doing great. Um, which is so fun that these two were able to join us because the movie we watched tonight starred DJ Tanner and her twin sister, Candace Cameron Bure. <laughs> um, so Candace Cameron Bure is like reverse Olsening. So instead of twins playing one person... She's one person playing twins. Oh, that was, yeah. That's full circle weirdness. (laughs) Full circle weirdness. Tanner sister magic. Look at Um, Welcome to Hallmark Hall of Shame. I'm Janet. This is my twin sister, Janelle. (laughs) And I'm Elena. Absinthe had to leave. (laughs) Absinthe already passed out. (laughs) She's on a lot of substances, clearly. (sighs) You know. We just watched Switched at Christmas. <clears throat> yes. And it was quite a thrill ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the highs were high and the lows were low. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It, it was a real Six Flags movie. <laughs> uh, so we have two twin sisters who dislike each other's life choices, kind of. At the top, you find out later they're kind of jealous of each other. But at the top, it's very like, I don't I don't like your life. So they don't speak much. Yeah. Um, one lives in Denver and is a real estate development project manager. Um, lives in a condo and drinks blended juice drinks in the morning. While looking at her phone. Mm-hmm. And her apartment is, her condo is gorgeous. Gorgeous, huge. And she runs her dishwasher for one dish. Uh-huh. Her sister, by contrast, lives in Littleton, Colorado. And uh, has two kids, a teenage daughter, Piper, and like a, eh, 11-year-old. Tween. Preteen. Yeah. Tween. Uh, no, it would be freshman, huh? Because the other kid is a freshman. Yeah, about you. Yeah. Yeah. Gabe. Um, and she has a dog named Happy, who we found out at commercial breaks that the Hallmark Channel adopted this dog and made him a movie star. Rescued. Rescued. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference between rescued and adopting? Um, no. Okay, well, but then, it's just like rescuing a dog is specifically a dog that was in like a kill shelter or an abusive home. Whereas oh. adopting, I feel like you can adopt from a breeder and it's like, you know. Wouldn't you buy from a breeder? 
Maybe. Because they say adopt, don't shop. So I guess shopping is, I don't know. Anyway, okay. there's a dog in the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest. I thought you knew a lot more because you corrected me. I was like, oh, I feel lay like it all on me. She said rescued. She says adopt, don't shop. But then she says my d- sister bought him, which I thought was super weird. Yeah, well, she's dumb. <sighs> anyway. There's a dog named Happy, which the Hallmark Channel actually got. Yeah. <laughs> which feels a little Truman Show Property to me. of the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> right. That dog is owned by the Hallmark Channel. I bet there's yeah. a woman who works at the Hallmark Channel whose full-time year-round job is taking care of that dog. And I want to see a Hallmark movie about her life. Oh, I do too. That'd be real fun. And will he get his own greeting card line? Will they be ornaments about Happy the dog at Christmas? They talk him up a lot. He's Happy been in a lot of commercials. The dog. A lot of commercials. I wonder who pitched that. Yeah. He's not the greatest looking dog. Ooh. He's not Burr. I want to make <laughs> I want to make him the voice the face of Hallmark. But sure. I mean, I'm not that young. I think he's fine. Hallmark professional who dedicates all her life to this dog and doesn't have time for love. So let's let her tell that story. <laughs> oh, Fiona. I've decided that's her name. Fiona and Happy. <laughs> I love it. Happy needs a dad. It's wonderful. Okay, so these two decide that the Christmas parties they're planning aren't the ideal party, so they switch lives. Just to plan the party. Because Kate in Denver has to plan her office Christmas party. Mm -hmm. And Chris in Littleton has to plan the public school's winter wonderland party-ish. But it's like... For the the entire It's a Christmas festival. And as the high school art teacher, she's in charge of it from start to finish. Yeah, a real bizarre job title issue there. So they have lunch where they denigrate each other's life choices, realize that they should switch places for a week so they can plan the other person's party. Right. They're like, oh, that'd be so easy. You could never handle my life. And also prove to each other that the other person's life is easier. Um, And then inevitably, while in each other's shoes, they each fall in love with serial killers. (laughs) Oh, you guys. This is my new favorite Hallmark trope. Spot that the serial killer. Spot the serial killer. And this one gave us two amazing serial killers. Yeah. And the whole... And you didn't know they were serial killers until they experienced love. <laughs> and it brought out <laughs> the horror in both of them. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, that's switched at Christmas. <laughs> and that's our podcast. And good, good night. Adopt and chop. I, yeah, mm-hmm. this movie was full of fun. I mean, obviously watching them try to pull off the, the twins thing was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, they did, there were, as you pointed out, there were a lot of really bad wigs on the stand-ins. Um and then there's a moment, so the first time they're together on screen is when they meet for brunch in the beginning, and 
I haven't talked in a while. And because they're looking at each other, but never quite at the same time and never quite making eye contact, it looked like they were flirting. <laughs> they were like in the yeah. elevator and like one would sort of glance and then look away and then the other would glance and mm-hmm. look away. I was like, I'm getting the wrong vibe from this scene. Ooh, sister, sister. These <laughs> strange sisters who are too bashful to look each other in the eye. <laughs> I think that's accurate. I love that. That lay on. Um, yeah. The wigs are real bad from the back, which was a, I noticed a lot at the beginning. And then I was thinking, but then I didn't notice it so much in the middle. And that's because they weren't in the same room in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> it's because the wigs went away. It's not because I got used to it. Yeah. They are mostly apart for most of the movie, obviously, because they're swapping lives. But this drove me nuts because, so, uh, the Chris's kids knew... Yes. And their dad knew. Which I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad too. Because otherwise that would have been maybe like abusive parenting. Yeah, guys, (laughs) don't don't lie to your family. Don't lie to your children. Yeah, And send a strange woman in to take care of them. And I like that they also established from the beginning, oh, winter break just started so you won't be teaching classes. Right. Because that's also illegal. Right. To have someone who hasn't had a background check just go in and teach. For sure. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm glad you took care of that. Yeah, they did. I There were fewer plot holes than I was expecting. Sure. Um, and then in Denver, they've just put the Christmas party on this woman's <clears throat> plate, which is a huge problem. And so they've basically, like, taken her off all of her other projects while she plans the Christmas party. Mm-hmm. But this made me extremely mad because... Um, she's like the senior VP of something. Product development. Yes. And her boss comes in one day and is like, well, so-and-so quit, the office manager. Mm -hmm. So I need you to plan the Christmas party. Mm -hmm. And Kate, to her credit, says, um, I'm the senior VP of product development. Mm -hmm. I'm not planning the office party. And they're like, well, we really need someone who's detailed and organized. And that's you. So she, and then uh, her her biggest client, who's apparently one of the firm's biggest clients, is mm-hmm. then assigned to somebody else temporarily, as if her boss's priority <clears throat> is the Christmas party and not this huge client. Um, oh, as Hallmark someone, business, Hallmark <laughs> yeah. business, you're killing us. As someone who just joined the fun committee at her workplace. Oh, Janet. <laughs> I'm the, so excited for you. The politics of planning parties at work and its overlay of gender politics at work mm-hmm. is fresh in my mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As someone who has been in charge of culture clubs <laughs> at work <laughs> and has planned many an event. Yeah. Um, my favorite WTF <laughs> work party moment um, is, gosh, like a decade ago when I had a terrible terrible horrible awful boss mm-hmm. um who said we're doing a fundraiser and there's going to be a talent show and i thought that you could enter the talent show and juggle <laughs> <laughs> what yeah and i was like oh i can't i can't do that <laughs> you can't i can't 
use one of my existing talents <laughs> for this show. Well, one, she is, it's, it's she supposed to be a volunteer thing a that she was assigning me. That I was like, I actually don't think I have time for this. And also, I do not know how to do this task. Yeah. I cannot juggle. The biggest mistake in my career at that place was for the holiday Christmas party. Was when I was, I was on say, the planning committee and we had no budget, I borrowed a friend's penguin costume oh. and I tap danced because people loved Happy Feet at the time. This was a horrible 20s career move. I was young and dumb and people introduced me to people four years later as this is Elena, she tap danced as a penguin. <laughs> wow. That was not great. Um, ugh, wow. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm apologizing to myself and my youth. <laughs> yeah, I get paid for being on the fun committee. FYI. <laughs> um, I made okay. sure of it. Uh, so... So, yeah, they move into each other's houses. And this was one of my favorite moments because it it probably went on for too long. But it's like they cross cut between the two of them reacting to each other's stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, they walk into each other's closets and go, oh, Chris, are you serious? But then Chris walks into Kate's closet and goes, are you serious? Because she's so excited to wear the Jimmy Choo's. Mm-hmm. But the one thing, so as with all Hallmark movies, like the cold, soulless woman does not decorate for Christmas. Oh, no. Or man. So. How dare you not decorate? <laughs> when Kate walks into Chris's house in the suburbs, which is, of course, decked out, mm-hmm. she goes, wow, Merry Christmas. Um, and then Chris walks into Kate's pristine condo in Denver and kind of does the want want face and goes, hmm, Merry Christmas. Like a single mother of two who's just been given a week by herself in Denver <laughs> in an enormous loft condo. Right. Would not walk into that space and go, hmm. <laughs> no wreaths. I'm like, uh-huh. no, there's not a tree, but there are several different cashmere throws on that one sofa there are eight different faucets <laughs> in the shower like there are you got a vitamix six. Six. <laughs> right. yes. you got a vitamix so that was funny yes delightful delightful oh man um yeah and then they just get straight into planning those parties and Seducing those serial killers. Seducing those serial killers. <laughs> so we have uh, the we have Chris, who is small town Candace. Small town. <laughs> who's now in the big city and can't wear the same size pants as her sister. No. That's not true. You know how I know? Yep, literally same person. They're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> um, she starts hanging out with an architect who's going to help her plan the party. And they're both real into, like, old-timey, kitschy Christmas. Yeah. Was and his the name party, also... His name is Greg. Oh, I was going to say Gabe. I was like, no, that's the kid. Mm-hmm. Greg. So the party they end up planning is the worst. It is a potluck 
mm-hmm. for it's a church potluck. They do <laughs> ugly sweater contest, Christmas carol karaoke, Christmas carol karaoke. Um, <clears throat> they make gingerbread houses of the developments that the business has put together. That part's that part's cute, but they are incredibly well done. Yeah, by the architect. Yes, he puts them together. She decorates them, but they decide to build those together. And you guys, we finally got there. We got our flower, flower fight. fight. We got our first flower fight of the season. We promised it. In season it happened. five, episode four. If you could have just heard a squeal and it of happened. delight. That flower <laughs> flew across yeah. that spotless condo in Denver. <laughs> yeah, um, their partnership was a true meeting of minds. Uh, one of my favorite parts of that storyline is uh, when... Mom Chris, as disguise in disguise as Kate, is in her office looking at <laughs> a cork board that she has placed on an easel <laughs> mm-hmm. and covered in Christmas tree catalog. Christmas, pictures. yeah, which it was just like a wreath, a stocking, yeah, <laughs> a tree. And then her boss walks in, she's like, What's this? She's like, Oh, it's just a dream board I'm putting together for yeah. the party. And then Greg walks in and goes, oh, cool, dream board. Yeah, nice dream board. <laughs> that was I mean, all of those amazing. pictures were taken from the same Land's End catalog. Not like, Balsam Hills? Oh, my gosh. Balsam Hill. This episode is brought to you by Balsam Hill. Yes. Did we forget to mention that? And this podcast is brought to you by Trader Joe's Simply Wines cans. Simpler Wines. Simpler wines can. Italian sparking. Spark, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Balsam Hill is a big advertiser on Hallmark Channel. And there was a lot of product placement of Balsam Hill in this movie. Yeah. All over. Looking at the website. Putting up. When they put up their tree, there's just a long loving shot on the Balsam Hill logo. Yes. And, Hill. and it's like a ridiculously large ornament organizer crazy big and then they use that exact shot as the balsam hills um commercial at the break so the scene in the movie doubles as their commercial yeah i meant to tabulate the number of balsam hill commercials during this movie and then i forgot but there was one every break so feel free to make that a drinking game if you haven't watched yet watch drink every time there's a balsam hill and get your Commercial. simpler wines cans at Trader Joe's. At Trader Joe's. Um, and so we're so we're sitting next to my tree. Mm-hmm. I think we can agree it looks great. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> Even better, because we just added an ornament. We sure did. It's our podcast, Baby First Christmas <laughs> it's Ornament. It's our podcast, <laughs> First Christmas. Um, the, th- the problem I had with... Chris's Christmas tree, mm-hmm. which is the problem I have with all TV Christmas trees, is that all the ornaments match and look like they were purchased at the exact same time. Okay. Like, you're going to hate my family's Christmas trees. I don't think I'm going to see them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> did I did I forget to tell you that I've rejected your invitation to go that home with you is, for Christmas? That was rough. 
I mean, why would I see them? But, I mean, I can, gonna... send, I can text you photos. Okay, and then I'll be like... We live in the future. <laughs> just for your ridicule enjoyment. And then I'll be like, hate it. Yeah. I just feel like if you're portraying somebody who loves Christmas, they have a lot of ornaments from their lives. And they're not all mm-hmm. balls that are the exact same size in the same okay. color palette. Yes. I agree with that. So my mom's Christmas tree is all Hallmark ornaments. Wow. So they look very uniform. Amazing. She buys them the day after Christmas when they're on sale. Uh-huh. Hot tip! Yeah. Um, it's also a great time to buy a fake Christmas tree. Yes. Uh, my sister, older sister's tree is stunning, uh, but they're all, it's a color scheme. So only like silver and pewter wow. and pearl. But they're ornaments from all over in different times. Uh-huh. But it's very themed. Huh. This is fascinating. hmm So cool. my method was the first year that I got my own Christmas tree. I said, hey, Mom, I got a Christmas tree. Can I have all my ornaments? Mm-hmm. She mailed me a box, and that's what I use. Uh-huh. So <laughs> all of these are from my childhood. Uh, I have a box of ornaments as well. They're all Hallmark from the day after Christmas. (laughs) So um, there is a lot more uniform to them. Okay. But essentially the same thing happened. Right? We we each got a box from our childhood. But you're right. They're not just red balls. Here's an idea. Yeah. Let's switch lives. <laughs> you would, and then you'll walk in and see my Christmas ladder and go, Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'll go home to Oregon for Christmas. You go to Indiana. Mm-hmm. What could go wrong? We'll fall in love with each other's brothers. Well, mine are both married. Ooh, so it's going to be real interesting. All right. <laughs> All right. Plans off. Um, but I like this script we're hatching. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, on the other side, in small town Littleton, where Kate has gone, in walks this new like benefactor for the public school who's going to be donating to the winter festival. He's rich. He's loaded. He just moved here from L.A., Oh my gosh, Hallmark hates LA. He's a venture Hallmark capitalist. Hates LA. He's an angel investor. Mm-hmm. He's got sort of a <laughs> I don't care attitude. <laughs> His attitude is hilarious. He's yeah, he's got a weird vibe. Yeah. I was into it though. I liked him until the very end. Until the very end, yeah. And he became a serial killer. I agree. I totally agree. Uh, he was real into like the little town aspect. He he wanted to donate. And bring back the ice skating rink, which is interesting. Oh, yes, because do they ever explain how he knew Kate? So here's the deal. They met when they were young. When? Where? Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. We don't know. They knew each other for one day. Did he grow up there? It didn't sound like it. But I don't know why. Maybe he was visiting family? Yeah. They didn't go into it. He meets Kate for one day while Kate and Chris are switching places when they're younger. They, he's going to go meet 
Kate at the at the ice skating rink. So he shows up a little bit early to the ice skating rink and sees Chris making out with her boyfriend at the time that will soon become her husband and father of her children and then soon her ex-husband. Yeah. So he leaves. Kate thinks that he never showed up. Right. Um, and then they meet again in Littleton, Colorado, while she is disguised as her sister. Yeah. Complicated. But so complicated. they uh, fall back in love. Sparks fly in the winter wonderland. Um, their, yeah, their whole... Them falling in love was pretty boring. I feel like it didn't get as much screen time as the other one. Like, I can't remember any of their scenes. Yeah. He did I think come because over they one had night. a history. Yeah. They were just rekindling. He did come over one night, like, late at night to drink wine <laughs> and talk about the ice rink. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which was a real smooth operator move on Kate's part. As one does. Um, but yeah, I was into that. Like, I was into them as a couple. He's a charming guy. Yes. And he sort of, because he thought he was talking to Chris. He was obviously talking to Kate from Denver. And so when he was talking about why he moved from L.A. to Littleton Mm -hmm. and, like, the charms of living in a small town that's very easy, you know, to get to a big city, you could tell it was just, like, really hitting home with Kate, who Mm -hmm. we all knew would then, you know, start to sort of incorporate both worlds into her life. Yeah, and I like how they did that, though, at the end, though, because it wasn't just she's now going to move to Littleton. It was like, great, let's do this we're an hour away from each other. That's mm-hmm. not hard. Let's try this out. Um, which is a great moment in the film because they have... I think that these are two of the best on-screen Hallmark kisses I've seen. They were good. They were real good. Way to go, Candace. Um, yeah, and as you um, theorized, it may be because in reality, there were two male actors who were kissing Candace Cameron. Yeah. And they perhaps had a little rivalry. I mean, wouldn't you? I think so. The onset stories from Bridget Jones's diary about how like Hugh Grant and Colin Firth were sort of like frenemies, <laughs> especially because Renee Zellweger was like basically eating to keep on weight. <laughs> And they were both like, (laughs) there's a very funny interview with Hugh Grant. It might be in the DVD extras where he's like, we would just both be like munching on salads and working out at lunch. (laughs) And then Zellweger would be like eating a pizza. (laughs) Yeah. So I I wonder if something similar happened here where these two dudes were like. You don't want to be the fizzle, (laughs) fizzle story. Yeah. So they really won for it on that kiss. Yeah, because both of them. Greg and Chris got, like, the first kiss Mm -hmm. as far as, like, obviously at the end of the movie, both couples kiss. Greg and Chris went first. Okay. So, but that's not was, that's <laughs> not the good kiss I'm talking about. <laughs> no, but no, I, but I'm talking about their like final let's be a couple kiss. Yeah. Um although yes, let's also talk about their first kiss. <laughs> um but they went first, so they didn't have like the finale kiss. So I yeah. feel like Greg was like, "Well, I'm going to make go. <laughs> I'm going to make it a big one." But let's just talk. Let's just talk about their actual first kiss. Okay, which is one of the most upsetting ten minutes. This, I've ever. 
That was, was my life. There was so much screaming that happened from me because I can't believe how bad this moment was. This oh. poor actor like did not know how to handle the moment. So Greg and Chris in disguise as Kate have been playing this party, flirting, oh doing their gosh. flower fights, flower fight. going shopping together for their nieces and nephews. Um, and then at the party, he's basically like, all right, do you like... This is a thing. This is a thing. And then... Go ahead. Go ahead. And then leans in real... He goes real slow. It's not a lean. It's like a... Well, okay, so but leading up to what he says, like, I hope now that we're done planning the party, things don't go back to the way they were. Right. And he says, I like this better. Yeah, and then she's like, do I tell him? Oh, no. And then he just starts with this real slow movement towards her. Like, um, I, I don't know. Like, when your life slows down in a moment before you die because you're about to be hit by a truck. Yeah. It was just, I was going to say, like... It was the, going in slow motion. Like, the Death Star coming around the planet so that, like, the... <laughs> The target is in range. Uh-huh. It just was this <laughs> slow. But the thing that made it the worst as he got closer and closer is that man never closed his eyes. So it became the longest stare down of intensity as he Batman voiced the sentence. Tell me I'm not imagining this. <laughs> <laughs> It was very oh, scary. Everything about it was run, Chris, run. <laughs> and she, like, from the moment he was like, I don't want to go back to the way things were. I like this. She looks panicked. Mm-hmm. She's like, uh, uh, mm. Mm. And he goes, and he's just like, barrels forward. And the look on his face, he looks like terrified slash determined uh-huh. slash like he's going to throw up. He's not comfortable. And then, yeah, like grabs your face and is like, "Well, and she starts talking." Tell me, he's I'm like, "Not imagining this." Tell me, I'm not imagining it. And she starts, "Greg, the thing is," yeah. she starts talking. Yeah, and he does not stop that yeah, slow mo no. kiss trajectory. Then she runs from him, which is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Omar got that right. He runs after her. And then she spills the beans. She's like, I'm not Kate. I'm Chris. I'm a suburban single mom from Littleton, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, this can't happen. I have to go to my back to my home in Littleton. Where there's a Christmas festival right now and I should be at it. Yeah. All of our characters are in one place in Littleton. Right. So she goes back there. He follows her. He follows her. He follows her everywhere. He, yeah, this is... I got, Tell me I'm I was, not imagining. I was real on board with Greg. A no. You are not. I was real on board with Greg until that kiss happened. Or bleh, happened. And then the fact that he showed up at the Christmas festival um was weird too. Cause he walks straight up to, of course, the wrong sister, kisses her in front of In front of Tom Kinder. In front of the dude. And then dude is upset that he sees this and goes to, like, run away. And she goes after him, like, no, Tom, wait. And Greg stops her and is like, wait, stop. Uh, Kate, I thought you were Chris. Stop. 
can you help me get Chris? <laughs> yeah. Never mind that you've just like kissed your coworker and who's not yeah. the you know that she's not the one that you Right. have fallen for, but is in fact someone you will have to continue to work with. <laughs> right. And she's trying to run after someone who's upset. Yeah. And he's like, his hold timing. Up. Hold up. Oh man. Can you help me get Chris? Cut to commercial. <sighs> you he cannot read a woman. <laughs> He cannot read a situation, and his can, timing is terrible. His dream board is just full of kisses. <laughs> and Batman. Kisses in winter scenes. Yeah. Um, so then, after that awkward commercial break, they all end up back at Chris's house. And this shirt, except for Tom, who has run off. Yeah. And then guess who shows up? Greg. Greg. <laughs> and he's like, Kate told me I could find you here. I was like, geez, dude. Chill it. Chill. And that's when finally then we sort of, we cascade towards the finale. The good kiss. Yeah. Which, thank heavens, he has that redeeming moment. Yeah. <clears throat> and she's like, I'm a mom. I live here. Oh, and then he... <laughs> When he's describing their connection, mm-hmm. and he's like, I've worked with Kate for three years and never liked her, basically. Never. He's like, and then that first day that it was you, I noticed you. And he said, when you wore jeans and spilled those papers. Yeah. With, <laughs> like, Gotta dude, love a woman. <laughs> you don't have to spell it out that, <laughs> that uh, clearly as to what you find attractive in them. And he was like, you know, that condo's, the condo's nice, but the condo is beautiful, but not you. <laughs> Which I think he's trying to say that the style didn't fit her. Yeah. But it sounded like the condo was beautiful, but you're not. But you're not. <laughs> and I kind of love that moment a it lot. It was great. But not you. <laughs> he, of course, meant that her real house in the suburbs was Fits her. her. Fits her. So they're together, and then she was like, hey, come inside and meet my children and father. Immediately. Immediately. Because that kiss. Oh, and she's like, but I'm a single mom in the suburbs. Are you ready for that? He's like, only one way to find out, which I feel like <laughs> means don't meet the kids right now. Because he yeah. hasn't said, yes, I am ready for that. But she's like, you're right. Only one way. Make children meet this man. Well, and also them kissing them. Consensually yeah. for the first time. Oh, thank God. So Oof. then, Kate is like, huh, you know, I'm not going to find love tonight. I chased Tom off accidentally when this Greg dude showed up earlier. You know what my soul could use? A good spin around the rink. <laughs> so she grabs her ice skates and heads back to the Winter Festival. Bye, family. <laughs> right. Bye, family. I just need some time alone on the ice. I just need to skate it out. And she <laughs> immediately starts to fall, and Tom up, Tom Creepy comes up behind her and, like, catches her with his hands, like, on her pelvic bones. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a, arms behind her and then around really the front. supporting her weight It's really way. bizarre. Um, and that's when we realize Tom's also the serial killer stalker because Tom has just showed up. Throughout the entire movie. And it's in that moment where I was like, wait a second. He shows up way too much. And I don't trust him anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then he said something that was really weird. Yeah. That I can't remember. Oh, I remember. Tell me. It was at the end, he's saying that he can come visit her in Denver. And she's like, or he, she can come home to Littleton. And she's like, well, the road goes both ways. And he goes, yeah, but not tonight. <laughs> and she goes, oh, what do you have planned tonight? Or no, he said, I have other plans. I have other plans tonight. She goes, oh, what? what's that? Probably killing her. Um, <laughs> but he, he goes, flesh. I have other business. Unfinished and then Unfinished business. business and holds up mistletoe. Which he's had the whole time in his pocket. Just waiting around because he knew she'd be there. Because <laughs> he apparently was watching with binoculars from the street. And when she got the ice skates and started heading for the door, he used his super rich guy jet to beat her <laughs> to yeah. the ice rink. Um, also, they skate around for about two <laughs> minutes um, doing the thing, which is actually very cute, where he's skating backwards and holding mm-hmm. her hands and leading her forward because she's not a strong skater. <laughs> However, uh, you don't you can you only see them from the knees up. They are very obviously not skating, just walking, <laughs> just walking around. Just... <laughs> Walking and skate, just sort of shuffling. Mm-hmm. There's no, yeah. It was, it was. Yeah. It's like you can manage like <clears throat> twin technology, but, but you can't get some rollerblades. You can't get them to skate around in this scene. Twin technology. I really wanted, <laughs> as I voiced at the time, I really wanted a scene of them skating and holding hands. That really would have been the cool. The sisters. The sisters. That would have been the coup de grace of the special effects of this movie. And I would have wanted it to be like them from the front. You see their faces. And then they skate past the camera. And you turn and you see both of their stunt doubles in the bad wigs. (laughs) Just to give them both (laughs) credit. They looked like the wigs from like the movie White Chicks. Or like the Hot Chick. Whichever (laughs) one has like Polly Shore in the dress. So amazing. Um, what was I going to say about that? Oh, they did have one scene where one sister put her head on the other sister's shoulder. And it happens very quickly. And I, I mean, obviously, you don't really see don't them sitting there it. like that. But it was almost they're like, hey, <clears throat> let's try something. Like, let's challenge ourselves. Hilarious. I don't even remember <laughs> it. I'm breaking someone's heart right now. <laughs> Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Should we Hall of Fame and Hall of Shame it? Yep, we should. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. I'm going to give to Kate's condo. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I loved it. Gorgeous. I loved it. With or without Christmas decorations. All day. Yeah. Beautiful kitchen. Mm Mm-hmm. Floor-to-ceiling windows. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Never saw her bed. Well, we, no, yeah, we, we did because we saw the wake great. up scene. Um, <clears throat> speaking of wake up <throat> scenes, oh, I want to change mine. My, let me do mine. First. I will. Sorry. My Hall of Fame is from the very opening montage when they're in their own lives. <laughs> Chris goes to wake up Gabe, 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> her preteen son. She opens the door, turns on the light, and Gabe is laying face down on a mattress. There's no pillow anywhere. He's not covered by blankets. The pillow's like by his feet. Like it, it looks was. like he like stumbled in drunk the night before and just face planted <laughs> on the bed. It was the weirdest. Yeah, that, that dude had a rough night. <laughs> And no questions asked. <laughs> yeah. Never. It, it's not like, yeah, it's not referred to at all. It was just mm-hmm. so funny. That's amazing. So funny. And actually, I kind of want to change my Hall of Fame. Okay. But I think you're going to love where I go with it. <laughs> Wait, maybe does Absinthe have a Hall of Fame? <laughs> yeah, here's Absinthe. Absinthe just woke up. Oh, uh, guys, <laughs> my favorite Hall of Fame <laughs> is when they're at the real estate Christmas party, which is an ugly sweater theme. And there's one lady in a pink sweater with like a Santa dog, and she's holding out the thing with, she's holding out her sweater to show people, and is like, yay! Like I'm wearing a sweater, and it's just this two second moment that I can't make sense of for the life of me. Yeah, and kills me. Yeah, that extra was like I'm gonna be in the shot. For five seconds, right when Candace walks by, I'm going to make it count. And the idea that these real estate developers are like, oh my gosh, an ugly sweater party. I get to wear a sweater? I like, no, sweater that is done. Yeah, it's done. Okay, <clears throat> um, Hall of Shame. Hall of Shame. For me... Uh, it's a it's around the same time as your Hall of Fame, but in the 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 introduction to these characters where we're seeing their morning routines. Mm-hmm. Hallmark, you big dummies! <laughs> you chose "Baby It's Cold Outside." Yeah, as the song underneath it, which is it it, it doesn't make any sense contextually for the like why is that song chosen? But also. I think we're over giving that song major airtime because it's creepy. Yeah. So I think that wasn't strong. And also, people of color are just props in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so both of those are getting a big old hall of shame. And, Thumbs and down. very <clears throat> strange characters in this one. Yeah. They don't make any sense. Um, my hall of shame... <laughs> Uh, and this may go back into my party planning okay. uh, background, but when fake Kate and Greg are brainstorming ideas for the Christmas party, mm-hmm. they're both reading off what I believe is a printed off list of her ideas mm-hmm. and going through them and being like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. And then they get to the end and in unison they go, secret Santa. And then they high five. Yeah. Like, she's just, you know, really taking it to the next level. It's like, Secret Santa's, like, 101. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) workplaces, jobs I've had where we didn't have a party of any kind, we did Secret Santa. So, I just don't understand why they're like, what would be her great idea that would make them, like, high-five each other and end the scene? Secret Santa. No. No, definitely not. I'm I'm glad that it was the fact it was Secret Santa. I was a little nervous you were going to say the fact that they high-fived. Because some people believe that romantic partners shouldn't high-five. 
I am not one of those people. And if that was where you okay. were going, we were going to have to fight. <laughs> so, crisis averted. No, I don't have any opinions on High that. High five all day. Okay. <laughs> um, well, let's end this podcast with a high five. And can I tell you something real quick? Wow. My hand is... I'm totally leaving you hanging for about five minutes, so keep it up there. Okay. And you know I got a flu shot today (laughs) in this arm. Sorry. It hurts so much. I wanted to let you know, though, while Absinthe is puking in the bathroom, (laughs) um, I actually, as a child, switched places with Candace Cameron. But, um, what? I think. (laughs) I can't prove it. What are you talking about? (laughs) I... As a kid, <laughs> on more than one occasion, was told by people that I looked a lot like DJ Tanner. Like, random people at the airport. Okay. You look so much like DJ Tanner, okay? Okay. Fast forward to visiting my grandparents on vacation in Hawaii. Oh, no. Because my grandparents lived there. We had just climbed a mountain. An entire tourist group that spoke a language I did not speak tapped me on the shoulder and I thought they wanted me to move so they could take a photo with the ocean. When I went to move, they were like, no, 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 no. They put me back in the middle and all the women in the group gathered around me and took a photo with me. And then they switched <laughs> and all the men gathered around and took a photo with me. Wow. And I could not communicate with them. But the only thing that makes sense to me is that they actually think I was Candace Cameron. Amazing. <laughs> That sounds like the plot of an episode of Full House. Uh, so was my life. Do you have a copy of that photo? No, because it wasn't in the group. They took it? Oh, man. They took it all on their photos, on their cameras. Oh, man. Yeah. I have a signed headshot of Lori Loughlin. <laughs> How did you get that? <laughs> in fifth grade, we had like a class assignment where we had to write letters to famous people mm-hmm. um <laughs> i guess just to like get us to use like research tools mm-hmm. you know to find so i remember like patrick diarman wrote to the duke university basketball team okay uh he got a ton- he got the most swag um and well but a lot of people wrote <laughs> to the cast of various tgif shows yeah <laughs> I would have written to Candace Cameron because she was my favorite, but Christy Conrad decided to do so first. And uh, I was like, well. So then I wrote to Lori Loughlin. And, but, however, Christy Conrad did not get anything back, and I got a signed headshot. So nice. So joke's on you. Um, I'll just send her a photo of you. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a letter, the only family letter I've ever written, and you know this, I wrote it to Austin O'Brien <laughs> from My Girl 2. Oh, yeah. And I just, I was 17 years old, and was like, I like your acting choices. Like, and then included a school photo. I respect you as an artist. I, right. Um, and Janet knows this story because after I told it to her, she found her own... Senior pictures, uh-huh. and I received a letter in the mail that said, I like your acting choices <laughs> with the most hilarious photo of you. I'll have to put it on the Instagram. It's amazing. That's funny because I think it's a beautiful photo of you. It is. <laughs> all, right, all right. Are you wearing long gloves and sitting on a swing? Yep. <laughs> oh, no. Well, one or the other. 
Okay. There, there's one senior photo where I'm wearing long black gloves. Another where I'm sitting on a swing. I think I did send you the swing one because it's for sure the kookiest. Where it's like, what was happening in that photo? It's because I hey, bought that entire outfit in I Paris. really like your acting choices. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. And on that note. On that note, thank you so much for joining us once again. Thank you, Janelle. Sorry you... um. We're on your phone the whole time. Absinthe, get your life together. She's <laughs> <sighs> such a chore. Such a chore. <laughs> um, happy holidays, bye. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs>